0: You just think it's a natural building we call church. It's a supernatural place. Do you understand? Supernatural things happen here. They do. I don't see nothing. Well, doubting Thomas, read about yourself in the Bible. Supernatural things happen here. Impossible things happen. They really do. Crooked become straight in the house of God. A lost soul can become saved. A dark black heart can become pure and white again by the power of God in this place. I think we tend to forget where we're at. That song, it says, he roars like the thunder. Did you ever have the thunder shake your house? I mean, that's your God. That's the one that's on your side. Or actually, you should be on his side. He roars like the thunder. The next time your house shakes, whoosh, you shouldn't be afraid. You can say, man, my God's mighty. He's mighty. I don't know if we get it. Riding on the storm. Out there in California, John has some friends that uh, Dominic surfs and he rides on them ways. Ain't a big deal. We ride on the storm. Called to ride on the storm in the house of God. Well, this is perfect, because I could tell by your reaction I certainly have the right message. <laughs> I do. And usually uh, I have tried to instill various things sometimes when I think about them to my son, and I tell him lots of times, the pastor has to eat stuff before he preaches. I mean, if you try to preach something you haven't eaten and swallowed and chewed, it usually comes out, ah, no good. And so my question to you, do you ever find yourself talking to yourself? When I talk to myself, it's never awesome. Man, church is awesome, God's awesome, you're awesome. You really preached up a storm. There's no one like you. That's not the way I talk to myself. I talk to myself, dear Lord, is there anything good? I don't, I don't know about you, and I'm not, this is, again, not political, and I don't care what you think, but I, it just bummed me that the president got the virus. I didn't want him to ever get the virus. It just kind of bummed me out, and I felt bad. I, I just didn't want him to. Because of everything that's going on in this goofy year, I was just like, leave that alone. And so I find myself talking to myself, and it was never good, murmuring, complaining, even in the lawnmower. That's where I usually tune in to good godly music or godly preaching. And sometimes the greatest song that usually brings me up out of the chair, a seat on my lawnmower, it's over. And I'm still going, rruh, rruh. and I have to replay it because I didn't even hear it. And it's in my ears, earbuds. So if you find yourself talking to yourself over this year, you're not alone. I'm with you. And I also found out the psalmist is with you. Psalms. Psalms 42, 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? It's a question mark. He's talking to himself. So actually, when I read that, I felt Okay, good, good. I'm not as weird as I thought. The psalmist himself, even the Lord penned it, moved by the Spirit of God, put it in the Word of God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Why? Why, why, why? He's asking that question to himself. And he's probably asking his question to himself because he loves God and knows God and knows what God's done for him, so he's still saying, how can I be like this? Why? And that's been me. But I, so I looked up disquieted. It means to be in a stir. Remember, I always tell you, I'm sort of a rut person. I love my rut. I don't like anything out of place. Just comfortable and do everything nice the same way all the time. Well, this disquieted, um, if you don't really understand the word, it means to be in a stir. Be in a commotion. Things are just out of, and you start to murmur and you start to talk to yourself. Why am I doing this? Said the psalmist. Well, you, you just look at this crazy year, all, all this confusion and disorder. I mean, for as long as I've been alive, you get out of school in May or June, whatever it is, and you are thank God they're going back in August. Everything's thrown up. Everything's in upheaval. Everything's crazy. Everything's out of order. All this confusion and disorder. So I mean, I'm trying to ask you, have you ever been there or even are you there now? This year has just stressed you out that you talk to yourself. Good gravy. One more thing. And then you find out must King him what? Elevated to red. You've got to teach your own child now with a computer. That'll be interesting. We have one of those days. That'll be poor Addison. I don't know what she's going to learn that day with Ruthie and I. We'll have to ask Addison, Addison, how do you turn a computer on? She's five. So, all right, so verse 6 goes on and says, Oh, my my God, my soul is cast down within me. Cast down within me. Now, let's look at these words. Remember, disquiet means to be in a constant stir, a commotion, murmuring. Cast down means to be stooping or sinking under the burden like this crazy year, we talk about masks, no masks, masks, all this upheaval, these weird school schedules, loss of jobs. You suffer from these symptoms from this year. I mean, it could get you talking to yourself, it could get you murmuring, and the longer you stay there, the lower you get. The longer you stay there and the lower you get, the smaller your God gets. And the more useless you become to God, and the more cold and indifferent we come become as a church. So the idea is: Is there a cure? Is there a cure for this? Do you have these symptoms? I've had them. Fight them off. I have them. they not worry about you. Test positive or negative? I'm going to tell you a lot of times, buddy. I've been positive. I've about had it up to here with the wine. I've had it up with this person, and that person. Just name them. Yeah, I test positive. You don't have to test me, I'm telling you. So the idea is they're cured. I'm thankful that the psalmist doesn't leave us in this misery. He doesn't. He doesn't leave us in there. He says this, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him. You understand? He's moaning and complaining. He's in a stir. He's in commotion. He's all pumped up and all this anger and rage and whatever's going on in his time. And he ends it with, Hope thou in God! Hope thou in God this morning, for I shall yet praise Him. Now listen, a believing, having believing confidence in God is an antidote against any discouragement and stress and worry you're going through. It absolutely is. But you have to have a part in this. You can't just sit there like a lump. Believing, a believing confidence in God. Yes, God, I'm full of do- doubt, but I believe you help my unbelief. This believing in God. Psalms 42, 5 also answers, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. I had a weird thing happen to me this week. I haven't seen someone for a long time and ended up being on a deathbed and I got a phone call. And I had to go up uh, into the CCU. I haven't seen him for 20-some years. They used to sit right back there. And the fella probably was already gone. He was just hooked up. And when I walked in to the CCU, they freaked out because I was there. I mean, they, they were just crying and uh, hugging me. And at one time, he did, he really did. He moved his head and he went, see, it's because you're here. Now, I'm trying to make a point, okay? <laughs> Certainly not about me. What I'm trying to say is, the scripture is saying, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance, his face. What my little mug did when I walked into that. Stirred them and excited them because I represented God to them. That's all that was. But can you imagine if you turn and you get the face of God looking at you? The face of God shining on you? You don't think that's going to be help? If you're in your misery, your gloom and doom and you don't know what to do and you hear a voice and you turn around and it's almighty standing there looking at you saying all things are going to be all right, don't you consider that would be amazing help to you and your situation? And so the psalmist is telling us what when we get down and stirred and in commotions and we're talking to ourselves in good grief, one more thing. you, you got to remember, I'm going to hope in God. I'm going to cry out to God, and that's my desire this morning is to get you to stir yourself to start believing and hoping in Him who you serve. Instead of just sitting here, you know, you got your amen button, amen, amen. You got your nod button, amen, amen. You, you got all that stuff down pat. But I'm talking about the real, and we got Lord, we need help. We need the spirit of God. We need you back in the house of God. Numbers said this: the Lord made his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Lord, make your face shine upon. I don't care what circumstance you're in. You don't have to sit there and say, well, well, if I could just tell him what I'm in. I I don't care. It's meaningless. God says, I'll make my face shine upon you and my grace will be on you. 26 says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Grace and peace just comes from the countenance of Almighty God. From the presence, from the face of God coming into your life, no matter what you're going through. No matter how jangled and stirred and murmuring and talking to yourself. And at night you're going, oh, hey, God's going to just come walk into your bedroom. And you'll feel the grace and the peace, the security and might and power of God. You need that. Your part is you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Or this is just bouncing off your head. It really does. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to start remembering how powerful our God is. You have to remember this, and you have to stir yourself. Do you remember when David said everybody was against him, and what did he do? He encouraged himself in the things of God. You've got to do this. And if you don't, you're going to be and stay a lump, and you'll continue to talk to yourself. And you'll go, whoa, is me. And if you're the head of the home, you're going to do all that. Through, you're going to bring them all down. And then if you come in here, you're going to bring them down. You're going to affect that group, then you'll affect us, you'll affect this, and we'll just have all me services. Now, if you don't want that, you've got to help me this morning. Seriously, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not. Okay, let's so look. 1 Kings 8, 23. Solomon said this about your God. Your God and who we're going to ask today for help. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all, like I am now, President, for all the congregation of Israel, spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God like thee. There's none. I don't care. All the people who declare whatever they want to worship and serve and hug and kiss, he's saying there's no God like yours. There's absolutely no God like thee. Who keeps covenant and mercy with thy servants and walks before thee. With all their heart. If you walk before the Lord with all your heart, you can proclaim, God, I feel like garbage, I'm lower than low, but there's no God like thee. Start telling yourself that. Start taking that thing and start stirring that cold, unmoving, sometimes deadness of heart. Start stirring that. Crack the ice, break it up, and start stirring your belief and power and the power of Almighty God. There's no God like thee. None. Uh, we do have scripture, right? You understand it is the word of God, I'm telling you. It really is. How about David? David says this in 2 Samuel seven twenty two: Thou art great. Thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee. Neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. I don't care what you hear with your ears. There's no God like thee. None whatsoever. I don't care what the doctor says, what the lawyer says, what your spouse says, what your kids say about you, what they say about the nation, the division, the segregation, or all the separation. that's. I don't care. There's no God like you. None. None like our God. Moses said this, Who is like unto thee? Can you pick Someone? you have someone that you think of a poster of someone that's better than God in your room? Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the God? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness and fearful in praise and doing wonders? Verse 13 says, Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. God said, I'll guide you. I'm not just going to save you, spin you around and say, hack it out, find me on your own. God said, I'll guide you. I'll guide you all the way to heaven if you let me. That's what he says there to you. You don't have to rely on me. God says, I'll do it. I'll lead you through all the ups and the downs, the ins and outs, the murmurings, the complainings, the weird years. I'll guide you. In the strength and unmy, to my holy habitation. Psalms 145 3 says, Great is the Lord, your God, your Almighty. Great is the Lord, and listen, there's your part, and greatly to be praised. Well, I don't know if I want to praise. So what? Uh, uh, so what? Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in his, yeah, listen, and his greatness is unsearchable. In other words, you and I can't even figure out what I'm saying this morning because it's so marvelous. It's so unsearchable. His greatness, His holiness, His power, His might, His majesty, His ability, His love. It's unsearchable, totally unsearchable. But God declares it and puts it in writing By the Spirit of Almighty God, even though we have no idea, you are to what? Your part is to believe it by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. That's how God asks you to walk and to believe, by faith. He's great. There's no God like thee, David said. David, I know that we're like, well, yeah, but why is all that going on? And why did this happen? Why did that happen? You're walking by sight and by feelings. God calls you to walk by faith. Here's a little example. Find in Acts 16. It says, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. They've had it with Paul. They beat him. They threw him in jail. Who, having received such a charge, they're talking about the jailer. He's like, "Eh, I ain't putting them in this jail. I'm thrusting them in the inner jail. I'm taking them way back in there. They ain't getting away from me because my life's on the line. That's what he's saying here in 24. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stalks. They can't even walk or move. Scratch their nose. In the innermost prison. Have you ever been in a no-win situation? Or are you in one now? It's impossible. You don't know what to do. Whether your debt's through the roof and you have a penny in your pocket. Whether the doctor says this, this, and this, and this. Whatever it is, are you ever in one of those situations? If you're human and you're breathing, I would have to say you have probably have been or maybe are in or maybe you're going to find yourself in. One, feet, hands. It's like you can't, you can't do anything. You can't figure this situation out. It's beyond you, absolutely beyond you. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, so they're belting it out. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's bands were loosed. They start praising God and in the midst of this no win situation. Everyone's hearing them. I mean, they must be going at it. All powerful. And the earthquake comes. Boom, their chains fall off. The stalks, everything happens right then. It's a, mir- it's a supernatural place. If you would just dare to praise and give God the glory simply because you love Him, you don't care who's around you, and you're in a spot, you're in a jail, in a prison, thrust, you can't move. Oh, God, how powerful. Amen. And bam, something happens. Amen. That's what happens. Doesn't God say, I'm no respecter of persons? I did it for Paul, I'll do it for you. That's what he says. It's the word, right? You can plumb line me as I talk to you. I'm giving you truth this morning. Remember, I used to tell you a long time ago go and buy these 99 cent ice creams back when they were half a gallon, and you look at the side, and the ingredients are this long. You don't know what's in it. I mean, you know, all these words this long with commas, about 10 of them in a row, and you're putting spoonfuls of it in your mouth, and they call it ice cream. Right? Well, if you look on the side of the Bible, there's one ingredient It says truth. And we have trouble with that. Well, we eat the ice. And, mm, I don't know what this good is. It's really good. I don't know if it's cow fat, sheep milk. I don't know what it is. It's good. But truth, you have trouble with. And so God is saying to you, suddenly a great earthquake got the, that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors, all the doors. How many doors in your life are relationships or finances or money or even your walk with God, your emotions, your mind? Nothing seems to be murmuring and talking, confusion this year. And God says, all doors were open. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, Seeing the prison doors open, drew out a sword, would have killed himself supposing that the prisoner had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do yourself no harm for we are here. Then he called for a light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas. Isn't it crazy how God makes the prisoner the head and not the tail? He makes those who have everything lined up against them. Laws being made about your Christianity that you don't know. We're discovering secret things happening to us. Mandates coming against this and this church and that church. And and God said, I ain't undone. I can make those who are in prison the head and not the tail. He called for light. They sprang in. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now listen, what must we do today to start to gather the the ability to walk with God through this crazy, through what you're going through personally, family-wise, country, nation? So the jailer asked the question, what must I do? And you know the answer. And they said what? Believe. believe. What are you in? What situation are you in? Can you believe in the power of God this morning? Can you believe by the time we get to the end and pray for you that something can happen? Do you really believe? Well, I've come down eight times for that. I don't care. Do you believe that that can happen? Do you believe that God can still move with His power and might even in new hope Today? And this crazy mixed up. He said, What must I do? And you're going, Pastor, maybe you're going, Pastor, what must I do? And it simply says, Believe. Just believe. You don't have to have money. You don't have to be wearing a suit. You don't have to be uh, 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 someone on the who's who list. Just believe. Believe the Word of God by faith. Believe God says He is who He says He is. Just believe. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. That's what they spake unto the jailer. They gave him God's word. That's what I'm giving you this morning, the word of Almighty God. Nothing else. I'm giving you truly the word, and can you believe it? Can you believe the word of God this morning? Verse 33 says, And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized he and all his, uh, and straightway, immediately it means. And when he had brought them into the house, he set meat before them, rejoice, believing God with all his house. Believing, believing. All oh, it is, you are constantly in this turmoil, whatever it is, you're like, look, enough. I'm just going to believe God. I'm just going to believe God. You don't expect, you don't say, when the circumstances change, that's not walking by faith. That's still walking by sight. That's what every person does. And God says, look, you're going to be a peculiar. You're going to be an odd group of people. You're going to believe me even before you see it. Yeah, 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 Thomas, you believe because you see. But more blessed are they who don't see yet believe. Believe. So maybe there's habits you're locked up in. We want to pray that those habits are broken today. Maybe there's habits or types of sin that have thrown you in bondage to the point where you may be embarrassed to serve God like you want to, like you think you should, because every time you try to, that chain and that ball reminds you that it's got you. We can break that today just by praying. Maybe your faith is thrown in jail. You just can't get it out, and doubt has thrust you even deeper. Your faith's in jail, and then you start doubting. You're doubting yourself. start murmuring. Your soul's cast down. You're in commotion. You're stirred. You're you're so deep thrust in the inner prison. You're doing nothing for God. Absolutely nothing. You need to learn to sing and praise God by faith. Seriously. There's many times. You think there's... All the times and years that I have been preaching, that every time that I have, I've wanted to. <laughs> do you think? I think a lot of times Ruth probably had to go get out and do your job. <laughs> you go do it. You look at him. <laughs> no, you do it by faith. You just have to, and God comes through. He's miraculous. He's wonderful. How about Daniel 6:20? it says, "And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamented voice saying, "Daniel, oh Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions. You feel the breath of the lions, the roars, the trembling of whatever the lion is in your life. And David said unto the king, O King, live forever. My God has sent His angel. God sends angels. No respecter. Could you possibly come hobbling up to this altar in your heart, believing that God will do a miracle, possibly send an angel for you? Oh I don't think no, God. What well, Bible says, he's no respecter of persons? He doesn't love Daniel more than you. Can you believe that? Well, Daniel just accomplished so much. That's the way you think and I think. That's not the way God thinks. God loves us equally, no matter what you do. Billy Graham, Joe DiVincenzo. He does, it's what he says. So, my God has sent an angel shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. For as much as before my innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I've done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. Listen, and no manner of hurt was found on him because he believed in God. It's all you got to do. You're in your own lion's den. You hear them roar, especially at night. When you try to sleep. Your body, something's hurting, or your mind, or your children, or you don't even know where this person is. And you lay there, and sleep escapes you, and feel the hot breath of the liar. Some of you hate the very fact that night comes every day. because you know it brings torment to you. You believe that Almighty God can deliver you today. Today. Not if you make 15 weeks in a row. Not if you bump your tithes to 12%. Just because He loves you. Because of who you are. John eleven forty 40 says, Jesus said unto her, um, Martha, didn't I tell you See, isn't the Lord telling you today you can confirm by the word of God that I'm speaking to you is the word of God. Scriptures are popping up there. Scriptures in your lap or your phone should be popping up all over the place agreeing with what I'm saying. So now Jesus said, didn't I tell you this? Aren't I telling you? Even before we get to the altar call, said I not unto thee, that thou wouldst believe, you'll see it. You'll see the glory of God. Don't put your ending on it. Let God put the period how you see it, when you see it, which way you see it. But God says, if you just believe, I'll do it. He'll do his part if you do your part. I couldn't do many works in that city because why? They didn't believe. They were filled with doubt. If you're sitting there going, what the heck's he (laughs) doing? Miracles. God says, if you'll just believe, God wants you to be a witness of his power by believing. That's you and God working together. God creates this beautiful garden called Eden, puts you in it. God And man, told man what? Keep it. Take care of it. God and man working together. That's what he loves. And so he's saying here, if you could just believe, believe what? Man, just just this awesome stuff I'm going to do. You and I working together, you'll be a part of it and you'll see the glory of God. Are you a little dry and thirsty for the glory of God? For righteousness and holiness to come back in our nation or our life or your life. Or the joy of the Lord and the Holy Ghost bubbling back up inside of you. Supernatural. We know this scripture just drives a lot of you crazy. But Romans 8 says this. and We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Now listen to me. You're not called to analyze that verse. Who said you can? God didn't tell you, uh, digest it, chew it up, spit it out, regurgitate it, look at it again. Look in the Greek and the Hebrew and the Italian. Whatever you want to look at it. Analyze it. What's he tell you to do? Believe it. I said it, you believe it. I don't care what you're looking at. How How can this work for it doesn't matter what you're looking at. All we know, the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God. Do you love God? Then all things are working together for good, even those things that flurry and break your heart and make your head scratch. All things work together for good that love God to them who are called according to His purpose. Stop analyzing it and just believe it. I don't know, God. I don't know well, how are you can bring any good out of this, but mm, your Word says so. What brought you to Christ? You just won Christmas. You got everything you wanted. Your wife gave you twenty kisses that day. You had the best meal. All the children brought you slippers and newspapers. I thought I might as well get saved. This is a wonderful day. Most likely it was something bad most likely it was something terrible a terrible circumstance most of you know my little testimonies i almost got killed i almost got blown up i wouldn't even have had a chance there would have been no use rushing to my bedside like we did for the fellow that just passed away i'd have been in pieces but i wasn't and i wasn't in church said so, So what I'm saying to you, something horrible brought you to something wonderful, which is Christ. None of you just skipped in. Everything was beautiful, and I'm just in love with God so much. I just loved him from the beginning. No, we're born sinners. We're born sinners, and sin takes us, and we run into walls, and horrible things happen. Lots of times we're scarred, but then it brings us to Christ. All things work together for good. Isaiah 40 says this To whom then will you like God? Who will you? Who will you liken God to? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? A boyfriend? Oh, if I just had a boyfriend, you're going to liken that unto God? Seriously? A partying so you can continue to do whatever? You're going to liken that unto knowing and being with God. Money? You understand how you see that? That's earthly thinking. How about this one? Psalms 89 6 says, For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? LeBron? King James? You're going to liken him unto the Lord? I mean, really, Mike, Michael? It's, it's, ask, it's a question from the soul. For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Your God, who's on your side. With his ears intentive to you, saying, just believe. Walk by faith. Trust me. Kind of an impossible situation are you in right now? If you're human and breathing, you're probably in one. It's just the way we are. Iron sharpeneth iron with what? Sparks constantly flying upward. That's our lives. We're always in some trouble somehow, some way. Whether you caused it, most times what we do, we cause it. Well, listen to this one. Second Kings 6, this is the new living. You know the story. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, um, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. So maybe you're in a place right now, it's just everything is just, there's no hope, no answer, no way out. Beyond you, you've tried 10 years, 20 years, nothing changes. So they said, this place where it's too small, let's go down to the Jordan River, where there's plenty of logs that we can build a new place for us to meet. Elisha says, all right, we told them, let's go. Please come with us. He said, I will. So they went with them. They When they arrived at Jordan, they began cutting down trees. They were going to make a little place, a bigger place. As one of them was cutting a tree, his axe had fell into the river. He said, oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Now, kind of today, you go, eh. But iron back then was rare and precious and it was borrowed. It was bad. And it was gone. It was gone. If we could just have a river and throw anything metal in it, any bronze, throw it, it's gone. It's like your situation. Whatever it is, it's gone. You're looking at the total impossibility even if you could swim. Well, I'll just try to find it. Go down and try to find a black axe head in the murky waters of the Muskingum. Well, I guess the Muskingum's pretty deep in places. Try to find it. I mean, who'd be willing to even try to look? Because it's so impossible. So they run to who represented God, which was Elisha. Elisha throws some sticks in. What happens? The iron head floats like a bottom. Now look, it didn't just appear, oh, here it is, how do you do that? It was floating on the top. And the prophet of God said, what? There it is, go grab it, go get it. So all these promises of the power of God that can be in your life, there's a fight for you to believe, are just floating there. And God says, if you just believe, just go grab it. You understand, I'm not talking about the stupid prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the real gospel. I'm talking about the power of God where you hurt so bad or something's going on and God says, you just hang on to me. You just reach out and grab my hem of my garment. You grab that, un, that miracle, that floating axe head and let's see what God does. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's what he says. The axe head fell, it was barred. He says, where did it fall, the man of God? He said, when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it in the water at that spot. The axe head floated to the surface. In verse 7, he says, in the living, grab it. Are any of you going to grab it this morning? Are any of you going to grab you, Lord, it's been a long time since I believed for the power of God. Lord, I believe it, but I've let the world just pound me down to Because we're going to pray this morning. And I'm going to ask you if you believe that you'd come down to this altar. I have no tricks. We're just going to pray that God does what we need Him to do. Many times I just pray, and I say, Lord, I just... Just don't have it anymore. You've got to give it to me. You have to. You've got to, Lord. I'm asking you to. And I always think of the scripture if my sons or daughter come to me and ask me to be able to do something, and it's in my it's in my ability, I do it. How much more him who loves her. And I'm full of evil, God says. Man, there's no God like thee. This morning, none whatsoever. So I'm telling you, Elisha then caused the sunken axe head to float, and the part of you was to believe and go and grab it from God. What if he didn't? Probably just would have floated on down. And maybe the servants, like the modern day church, I don't believe in miracles. I don't know. You think that was true? Am I having a vision? Meanwhile, there it goes. And God's just saying, Can you grab it? All right. I'm going to wind us down. I need my band to start coming back. I got some more scriptures for you, so don't, don't tune out. You know how we work. Daniel 6 says this He rescues and saves his people. Do you need rescued this morning? Do you need saved this morning? Drowning in debt? Maybe you just need saved all over again. Because you just drifted so far from God. He rescues and saves his people. Listen, he performs miracle, miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. I don't even know if the modern day church believes that anymore. Miraculous signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Maybe you're going, oh, Pastor. Pastor. Genesis says this, is anything too d- difficult for the Lord? Are you going to stand before Almighty God where the hills melt like wax, seas split, total dry ground that you walk on, angel, shut the mouth of that lion, and you're going to tell God your situation is too difficult. What? What? You've been talking to yourself too long. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Absolutely not. Jeremiah 10 says this, Lord, there was no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. Now look, I don't know what you're facing. Some of you I might, most I don't. Or what you're trying to believe God for. I don't know. Or what happened is trying to keep you locked up in prison, thrust in the inner prison. Maybe sometimes too embarrassed or ashamed to even come and ask for prayer. That happens to us. Philippians says this, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Ample supply. Listen, I don't care if God throws sticks in the water. I don't care if He uses a jawbone. I don't care if He uses a talking donkey. I just want the power of God to fall. I want needs to be met and God to be glorified. I don't care how He meets them. Some odd ways He meets them, I don't care. God did his part. only part he could do, no man could make an axe head float. God did his part. He's given us the gospel. He's given us his son. He's telling you, if you believe, God did his part. Now you gotta believe it. You gotta grab it. Enemy will come right now. Fighting your mind right now. Can you believe this morning? And ask the Lord to do the impossible. I'm going to show you a miracle. And it's me. I am a miracle. I was a horrible person. And God redeemed me put a brand-new heart in me, His Spirit in me. I still, at this day, 45 years later, can't believe what I've done with my life, what I've become, what comes out of my mouth. Godly things. How, How did you do that? It's a miracle. I always tell our ladies, do I tell you, ladies, men know what you want. If you play the right song, they'll dance. But we don't like dancing long because it's in our own strength. This has been 40-some years. It's a miracle. Not the greatest, but I'm saying it's the miracle. It's a miracle in me. So God's grace can raise an iron, stony heart from the mud of the world, from the muck and filth of the world. He can raise it. You ask him to, Oh Lord, I'm lost. My heart is lost. Where is it? It's in the muck of the world. And God throws a stick in the water. Up it comes. And you got to do your part. Hit your knees and say, I believe, God, I believe it. Save my soul. Change my life. Take this habit from me. Make a way, God. I've tried everything. Can you believe that? Let's stand as we get closer. Remind you this to the scripture again, Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. So hopefully you'll come to this altar and by faith you'll grab, you'll grab unto God. You'll grab onto him. Say, Lord, my life's a mess. I'm about to lose everything. He's the miracle worker. When I walked in and then people just freaked out and he would twitch his feet a little bit, move his head. They thought it because he knew I was there and I was telling him, no, I'm sorry, It's, it's not me. Oh, it's not me. It's not me. He's the miracle worker. So why aren't you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you? Remember who your God is. Remember, his face shines upon you. If you don't know him, you just come to him. If you've told God, hit the road for 30 years, and then you turn and come to him, you know he's there. His face will shine upon you, and he'll take you into his arms. And he'll do with you what he's done with us. It's amazing. So as these guys play, whatever song it's on their heart, and you come here and you stand before us and you let us know you don't have to spill your beans, you don't have to tell me you've run drugs for the last 40 years all you got to do is say i got a habit to break and we'll pray we'll pray and trust God we'll have Pastor Jason come down, we'll have Bruce come down we'll have our youth pastor Adam come down if we get flooded with others we'll have Chase, we'll have others come down and pray and trust God so as they play but you got to do your part one let me know let me know don't let me assume do you want prayer do you want? let me know I need help and we'll gather and pray But two you got to come grab it our altars are open Rod's going to start leading in song here we go